You're listening to a podcast brought to you by international law firm Trowers and Hamlins, combining market sector thought leadership, advice, and ideas, helping businesses and governments prepare for the future. Welcome to this podcast series, Together We Care, a Trowers and Hamlins and Little Bird collaboration. It's a series about inclusion, social mobility, acceptance, and how businesses can better understand and play an active role in supporting people who are care experienced. Little Bird and Trowers are extremely passionate about diversity and inclusion. We want to instill confidence in our colleagues and open up opportunities for them to understand the experiences of others and for all our talent to appreciate they have access to the opportunities to achieve anything they want to in life, regardless of their background. We do hope you find our conversations with the various influencers that are making waves in this space interesting and are in some way inspired to play a part in supporting care experienced people and looking into how you and your businesses can make a positive impact. Thank you. So welcome back to our podcast, Together We Care, with the amazing Yutunde Dania. We hope you've been keeping well and enjoyed listening to our last episode all about adoption. Now, we really do give a lot of thought as to the guests we invite onto the podcast to ensure a diverse range of topics and insights and to raise awareness and interest. And today is no different. So what are we discussing today, Yitande, and who are our wonderful guests? Oh, thanks, Alison. Oh, well, today's theme is all around business. So really, this is about the role that business can play in relation to improving the circumstances and experiences of care experienced people. And so without further ado, I mean, I'm just absolutely thrilled to introduce my senior partner, Sarah Bailey. Um, Sarah has been our senior partner for a number of years now um, and she's responsible for setting our strategy, managing the partnership and growing the profile of our wonderful firm. Sarah has 20 years experience helping her clients to navigate and deliver complex and often high profile real estate projects and regeneration schemes. Sarah is passionate about helping businesses and governments shape the way that we live and work and particularly driven by the positive influence that the built environment can have on people, places and communities. Sarah is a trustee and vice chair of the World Children Cancer Charity. She's also a member of the Care Leavers Business Council and a board member and chair of the fundraising committee for Open City, which is a charity dedicated to making London and its architecture more open and accessible and equitable. Sarah, thank you so, so much for sparing the time to join us today. Absolute pleasure. And then Alison, over to you to introduce our other exciting guest. So I've had the absolute pleasure of working with this incredible lady over the last year, and I'm sure the reasons as to why will become more apparent as we go through the interview. There really isn't much of an introduction I can do that you won't already know about the wonderful Dame Sharon White, Chairman of the John Lewis Partnership. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you, Alison. Um, Great to see you always. Sarah, great to meet you and Yutunde. No, very, very excited about the conversation today. 
So we want to get straight into it because when we've got such incredible guests, we want to get the most out of you. So we are going to be milking all of your insights and and wisdom today. So Sharon, the first question that I have is for you. And I'm a true believer in the fact that our past experiences shape our future missions. So please, can you share a little bit of your personal story and how that's influenced your decision to support care experienced people? No, very happy to. Um, I guess my sort of, you know, my, my background is, um, you know, the daughter of uh, Jamaican immigrants. So it's uh, it's so interesting with the 75th anniversary of Windrush, my um, my mum came as a 19-year-old uh, from Jamaica, which I now is the mother of an 18-year-old. I can't quite believe how young she was. And my dad came in his mid-20s and uh, met here. And although I'm not care experienced myself, I am unbelievably passionate about opportunity and social mobility. So neither of my parents completed school. My mum left school when she was 11, my dad when he was about 15, 16. And, um, and so I've always felt incredibly lucky and very grateful and very privileged that I got to go to school till I was 18. I got to go to university. And... Um, I spent uh, a long time working as a civil servant in government, always on, almost always on sort of social mobility, sort of social protection issues. And I just remember one day we were, it was in the sort of austerity period of the coalition government, and we were looking at a map at the impact of cuts in social care on care experienced children who had been living in London. And the way in which they were, I'm going to use the word export, but the way in which they had been exported um, to local authorities along the south coast. And that map, I don't know, it just always stayed with me that you had these teenage kids who were basically being sent tens and hundreds of miles away from where they grew up. So definitely a personal story around social mobility. And I've got this big thing about taking the serendipity out of social mobility. It shouldn't be by chance. It shouldn't be by happen chance. But I'm very passionate about um sort of giving more profile and opportunity to, to youngsters from who are care experienced. I think that's really interesting, Sharon. Um, and I think, you know, I share with you, and I think Alison would say exactly the same thing about um, achieving a platform and then being able to use that platform really for good to have the most impact. Um, it's almost been, you know, as much as we've reached these uh, levels, it's almost being a custodian and doing good with it rather than just achieving dizzy heights and then just sitting on our laurels. Um, Zara, I'd like to take that same question to you. How has your personal story influenced your decision, Zara, uh, to support care experienced people? I mean, it's similar that, that uh, I'm not care experienced. Um, I came from a very loving family, uh, immense support. Um, my my parents both did finish school. My father should have gone to university, but he was never told by his school that he had to take Latin uh, and something else, so couldn't go. And my mum didn't go to university because my dad didn't. So it's a mother, it's a, it's a woman, female thing. Um, so I was probably the first generation to go to university, although my father did open university um, later in his, his life. And I then got a job at Trowers, which was... I quite, quite know why, why they took me at the time because I was everything that I suppose a lawyer a law wasn't. I was female, I was from the north. 
Um, I remember one partner saying to me, oh, you know, how, how did you get in? You're a female from the north, you're left wing. And so what's going on? And, and I, but I had an amazing support network, incredible network, not just with family, but also through the firm. And then when my kids were born, they were incredibly privileged. They, you know, we were able to give them a great childhood. We were able to give them immense support. But a lot of their friends didn't. A lot of their friends did not have, for various reasons, did not have that support. Some didn't have families. Some had families that were in very difficult circumstances. And I sort of became a, a surrogate mother to about 10 girls from the, the school who used to congregate at my house on a regular basis. And we've come for Christmas, all sorts of things. So... so it showed me how actually the luck of where you're born, from the family you're born into, really can change your life. And some people just do not have that and they don't have that ability. And in the legal profession, which let's all be honest, is still pretty exclusive and slightly drives me nuts because we talk, talk about social mobility, but actually doing something positive rather than reactive to help change that platform and to change, not just let people have an opportunity to get in, but then support them in the right way, um, for me, is a big passion. So I, I'm just just like Sharon, social mobility is probably the top of my agenda. And so things, if I look back on my life, I would one thing I would like to say is that I've done something positive to help change how people are supported through the process, not just, like I say, getting a job, but also thereafter and how you support them and, and help them. Thank you for sharing, Sarah. And, you know, so many commonalities and interesting points in relation to, you know, you don't have to have a care experience background to be able to lean into this. And actually, many of us won't have. And we need everybody to get involved with this in order to create those networks that often care experience people don't have because of their journeys and experiences. And Sharon, John Lewis Partnership have been doing such great work in this space um, but please can you explain a bit more about building happier futures and what you've been doing up to now no thanks Anderson. and I have to say we're approaching this with a great deal of um, humility and um, for those who don't know the John Lewis partnership we've obviously got two two amazing brands in John Lewis and Waitrose but what's sometimes less well known is is the roots of the business um, so we're owned by our employees. We call ourselves partners because the business is given in trust to us, the biggest employee-owned business in the UK, one of the biggest in the world. And the roots of the business are, are very much in social mobility. So the company was given away by John Speed and Lewis to its people. It was set up as, one of my favourite phrases, as an alternative to communism, the idea that the business would provide such great development and opportunities after the Second World War that young men and women would essentially rather become partners than than become than you know than you know seek seek to become communists after the Second World War. So the whole business itself has had this very strong ethos around social mobility. How it's been expressed over the last you know hundred years has has varied. So after the war. The business set up universal health care before the National Health Service. And so for me, there's a really interesting space for the business being involved in those areas where, to be frank, the state has failed or either failed or had very sort of mixed impacts. And that's why care experience is so important. So we're providing work and work is foundational for the business, but also progression and development. Uh, and so building happier futures has got various 
I mean, it's sort of, we sort of had this idea about sort of 18 months ago, and it's because of my amazing team, it's it's become this sort of extraordinary, it's not project or program, it's sort of part of how we're trying to do business. Um, so 100 youngsters over the last year we've been in touch with, um, you know, 20 have now got jobs in the partnership, which is fantastic. Um, both brands are going to be setting up a new sort of sub-brand, um, which is super, super exciting, which is a um, product that's going to be designed by amazing, talented, high potential uh, young people who have been brought up through care. And we've had, um, Alison will know, because we were at the launch together a little while ago, um, uh, this amazing boy called Michael Archibald, who has designed this sort of fantastic tote most extraordinary life and the talent and the sort of articulacy and seeming confidence in this young man. And I think it will help us to really turn the conversation away from need and support and disadvantage to talent and opportunity and potential. Um, so, I mean, I could, I could, I could talk about this for hours, um, but for me, if I think about what's the legacy of the John Lewis partnership over the next 10, 20 years, it's this. Oh, I am really moved. I, I'm here thinking an acronym already, top. Care leavers are top. Talent, opportunity and potential. And it's that talent, opportunity and potential that I guess as business, we're so focused on business that if that sometimes we miss exactly what's right in front of us if only we had a different set of lenses and we put them on um we would see all of that talent opportunity and potential um so you can already tell <laughs> I'm just so excited I am so excited um so Sarah in terms of you becoming aware of the need to support care experienced people um what was it that really made you take action and decide to bring Trowers as a brand along that journey? Well, to put it bluntly, Tundee, it was you. Um, you, you, and, the, and, you <laughs> and your force of nature that actually um, told me about it, explained to me about it. Uh, I, when, you, when you look at the talent, opportunity and potential, that's you. Um, and how you've come up, an amazing woman that you are and partner that you are in the firm. And I think once you introduced me to the care leavers, uh, to Matthew, basically, and I really began to understand what it was about, what it meant, and how, in a way, unassuming it was, which I think was amazing. It was, you know, we're coming together as a group to do some good, not to go and actually sort of shout out about it everywhere out there to make a big point for Trowers and Hamlins. It was actually about us doing something good because we believed in it. And for me, that was a bit of a game changer, if I'm honest. Then I met Lucy Kirkham, who was an amazing, amazing woman who uh, wants, wants to be a lawyer. She, um, incredible story, you know, she, she was left the care system, went into a flat at 16, had to work to pay her rent, but at the same time studied, went, put herself through university, didn't get any grants, um, worked and put herself through university. And so we we agreed to support her in terms of financially helping her, so we could get we could actually sponsor her enough for her not to have to work in that last year. Um, 
and it, it is that that opp- the talent and opportunity bit because she she is amazing um, and she's you could see the potential in her, but she just needed that little bit of help to actually push that through. So she was the first person, I suppose, that that, um, that I had a very good in-depth conversation with. And I suppose it really taught me about humility. And we had a great idea on the Business Council. I, I use this example to everybody because I just think it's so, it, it, it was really up in my eyes. We thought what we need to do is create a charity, which we have done, and I'm a trustee on that. Um, and that is going to be called the Bank of Mum and Dad. And as a group of people, we were so proud of ourselves. We were so, we thought, this is marvellous. And then we went out to some, some of, our, of our care leavers and they said, that's awful. That's a really awful term. Don't use that because it's highlighting what we don't have, not what we have. Um, and that was such a moment. It was such a, a moment of, I don't know, eye-opening. Oh, my God, Sarah. You know, get, get, we really all need to rethink this. Um so that's how I got fully involved in it. Matthew is incredible and, you know, he is a force of nature. And he just, you can't say no to him. That's the problem. You can never say no to Matthew. <laughs> so I haven't so far. So, yeah, that's how I got involved in it. And I think there is so much opportunity and potential out there with people who, um, you know, all our professions need. Everybody needs. They need that diversity of thought and, and that real diversity of thought that we only get from people from different backgrounds. And this is a real way of trying to help um, access that. And it's great to hear, Sara, how you listened in the first place. You know, so many organisations have so much talent within them and many of them from care experience backgrounds, but just haven't yet got to the point in their business where they recognise the absolute necessity to listen to the people with the personal lived experience. And so you reference humility, which is wonderful. And as you were sharing that, I I was kind of in that space being care experienced myself. I kind of knew what you were going to say. Um, They'd come back to you and said, but how do we ever understand that unless we are engaging and being humble and open to truly understanding people's journeys? So the support that you've given has empowered and created that platform for more to come. And that's incredible. And Sharon, on that point, in relation to how this is all going to move forward, you know, you've referenced a little bit in relation to the legacy that you would like to leave within John Lewis Partnership, but what difference are you really hoping to make moving forward? Um, I mean, I have the ambition that we fundamentally change both the conversation in the UK uh, about young people coming from care, but also that we fundamentally change the provision. Um, So for the partnership, and Yutunda, you talked earlier on about um, platforms, and I think that's a really important word, which is about I mean, I don't regard myself as being somebody who is a successful person. I regard myself as somebody who's got, with Zara and others, who has a platform um, that then we have an obligation to use for good and for positivity. So for me, it, you know, if 10% of the John Lewis partnership has talent, opportunity and potential from young people from coming from care in 10 years' time, that's fantastic, but it's not enough. Uh, and so for me... This is about how we use our platform with with other businesses, but also how we fundamentally change the discourse and we fundamentally change provision. 
Uh, and that's partly, I mean, I'm partly because I've, my my background is public policy. So it's partly, um, partly what the opposition party is saying. It's partly what the government's saying. It's partly can we, how can we bind together so that if it's the right thing, that legislation to make care a protected characteristic gets through, and that that's not just a piece of sort of um, piece of paper, but that then. Um, you know, is sort of reinforced and linked to a change in provision, particularly at a time when there's not there's not a great deal of money in social care for older people, let alone younger people. So when I talk about legacy, it will not be enough, however large the John Lewis partnership is or, you know, your law firm, that for me is not enough. It's about changing the discourse and particularly for a community that... I mean, given the numbers and given, you know, 100,000 children that aren't talked about, whose stories aren't told. I mean, I still, I mean, I still can't sort of, you know, you've got lots of issues in the UK where actually at least there's a discourse. We don't even have a discourse. Um, and that needs fundamentally to, to change. So, yes, it would be great that every store, every warehouse has got great young people. But that for me is not full success full success is that we have got a fundamentally fundamental shift maybe in the way in which we had with education and the growth of academies we have a fundamental shift in the potentialization if that's the word uh, of, of, of young people across society and across all business I, I think that is truly what is needed to make that difference to make that step change to make you know, care experience people feel included. And I think one of the most important things that you mentioned there is about being seen, being visible. Um, I, I, I've asked people before, you know, are you care experienced? I've put it out on LinkedIn and very few people will say, well, I don't know whether it's an admission or whether it's a, a fear, uh, but I know the journey that I've been walking over um, recent years, you know, I, I literally say, look, this is who I am, warts and all. And I think the role, the vital role that business can play is it, it, the magnitude of it is so big because once you change that approach and you decide to see, it, going back to that acronym, TOP, once you decide to see that talent, opportunity and potential, um, it, it has the potential to make so much difference. And a lot of the issues that we have in society, those people can be changed by having a job, by having somewhere safe to live, by people understanding um, that experience. Because so often, as employers, it's very easy to say, well, you will be here at nine o'clock and you will work until five o'clock and you will dress a certain way. But unless you actually see a care experienced person and understand that their life may have been quite chaotic until they come, came to the business, how can you support them through that? So thank you, um, Sharon, thank you very much. So Sarah, um, in terms of how our business is supporting uh, care leavers and how they've benefited from our focused investment, I know you spoke about Lucy, but I think you're being quite modest because I think you've not talked about some of the other great things that as a result of your 
involvement, you've been able to say as a business, this is what we're going to do. And I'm thinking around the social value toolkit and the implications of initiatives such as that. Uh, what I'd like, I think the way I like to look at it is we have skill sets. Okay. So we're a law firm at the end of the day. And uh, if we can help in any way with areas such as employment law, employers, toolkits for social for social care, employers' toolkits as to what you should talk into the care experience, young people, what do, the, do employers need to think about when they bring them into their businesses, then that's what we should do. So we have, um, we have done the, the toolkit. We've also set up the charity. Um, I'm the, one of the original trustees of the charity. Um, in fact, we had our first first trustee meeting and we all nominated Matthew as treasurer uh, because the three of us, was, we wouldn't do it. He had to be treasurer. But we, we, we've set that up. We're now looking for a chair. Um, and then I suppose in, in other things that we've done is used my network as well to try and make sure that other people are brought in who've got different skill sets and different different areas, different issues. But I think the biggest thing for me, and it's, it's your point, Antonia and Sharon. It, it is. It's not enough to get someone through the door. What it is about is it is that listening piece. It's what I've learned. I suppose having spoken to a number of amazing young people, is walking through that door is really hard. That's really scary. Really, really hard. It is not something that necessarily that they've had a role model on. So don't really know. But walking through that door and then being expected to work in an environment which is probably a very, very difficult or different environment from what they've been used to is super hard. And we have to make positive steps to make sure that we have the, the right mechanism in place to help those people because the only way they will reach their potential is by being given that positive support, which is what we're trying to do. And again, I mean, I absolutely agree with Sharon that I am a I can study my platform. I'm incredibly lucky to be doing my job. I'm incredibly lucky to become a senior partner. Um, and I've always got a duty to make sure I use that in, in a specific way. So one of my, I suppose, ambitions is to get a lot more of my fellow senior partners in law firms um, to not look and see how we can get the headlines, but actually to come together and say, right, as a professional, what more can we do for care leaders? What more is it we can do? So Matthew and I are talking about how perhaps we can access some of that. And we've got a couple of conversations in the pipeline that we're looking at. So we're doing a lot as Trowers, but but it's bigger than that. It's it's how can, I suppose, myself and a number of other people who I'm, I'm getting involved in it, um, make it bigger, make it wider and make it more mainstream rather than something that's sitting on the outside. Can I just, sorry, um, can I just jump on? I think just wanted to sort of um, build on Sarah's point, which I think is... Uh, really important. We're sort of part of uh, the Care Leavers Covenant, which is, um, again, in a very small way, trying to sort of spread the uh, energy, I guess, across uh, other businesses on this. And what's what's interesting, as I have to say, slightly surprised me, not least, um, it's a really tight labour market at the moment. So you've got lots of, you know, lots of employers chasing too few people. And for care experience young people, what we're finding is you've got lots of very, very energetic heads of human resources or heads of people who are desperate to do more. And um, and you've got a number of chief executives who are really worried about the cost and really worried, as Sarah says, that, you know, a young person comes through the door and crosses the threshold, but what's the support that's needed once they're in place? And I think part of my responsibility, and I think 
Sarah's responsibility is also to show the benefits um, because, I mean, it's a bit like the debate we were having so 20, 30 years ago about, you know, gender and, and hiring women and, you know, surely you shouldn't hire a woman because she's about to head off and have kids and the cost of maternity leave, a debate that, um, you know, that you, you, would never, you would never have that sort of conversation in open play again, you know, 20 years on, but we're having that debate in open play about young people from the care system that somehow... Um, it's too big a hassle factor. Um, and so I do think the more we can do to demonstrate just the joy and the positivity, but also high retention and greater loyalty to the businesses, I think is really important because um, that argument, I think, is far from one, even for businesses that are keen to do the right thing in this space. Absolutely agree. And, you know, having the pleasure of working with John Lewis Partnership on this and to your point Sarah around the toolkits in relation to supporting care leavers even through the door let alone the support to retain and empower them to bring their potential to life is something that yes we can see in both of your businesses but as you say has huge opportunity to scale and so this is a question for the both of you and if I start with yourself Sharon why should other businesses follow your lead when actually you know we are clear that there is extra support required and that is an additional cost why should they? Now, I think a bit like Sarah, I, sort of, I would say when we say the word lead or leadership, it is definitely from a position of kind of early, early steps and a lot of humility. I think we have a massive moral argument. Um, I think the role of business, the private sector, is more than half the economy. And uh, if this group is to have amazing opportunities, it's mostly going to come through businesses not being enlightened but businesses doing the right thing in their communities and I talk a lot about sort of common sense capitalism that there's no there should not be a sort of binary distinction between a business that is um, positive for its shareholders and a business that's positive for its stakeholders and broader community so I think it is the right thing to do um, it's less established in the UK but certainly if you look at the evidence in the US um, uh, simply in terms of as I say, retention rates and the loyalty that businesses will get, um, it's off the scale. So I would say there is a strong moral argument for businesses doing the right thing. It's not about virtue signaling, it's about businesses being active and positive in the communities in which we are. Uh, and as I say, commercially, it's, um, it is upside. It may not be upside in the first few days and first few weeks because there is more support. Um, there is more... But I think that's also, I've found a massive motivating factor for my existing partners who have probably um, sort of been more energised by, you know, finding accommodation and painting living rooms and finding sofas and furniture. And um, for some of our young people, they've, they've loved to do it and they've loved to be involved. And that's, that's really raised, raised engagement too. And Sarah, what would you add from your perspective? Why should they follow your lead? I think for me, there are two things. First of all, um, you know, so many businesses talk about being diverse, being committed to to equity, uh, diversity. Uh, but 
that isn't just one thing. It's not. It's not just about color. It's not just about sexuality. It's not just about. Uh, it, it's actually about that truly diverse business force. And for me, this is a fundamental part of it. You can't ignore one element and still say you're being diverse. You've actually got to look across the board. And then, I, what I try and say is, it's not a cost. It's an investment. So just as you would invest in something to get a return in two or three years, that's what you're doing. And you're investing in this person, you're investing in this group of people. Because as she said, Sharon, you know, 20 years ago, that women around the board table would have been viewed as being utterly just really weird. I mean, that, you know, what could they possibly bring to the party? Now it's proven and seen that the more diverse a board you have, the better the business is. And it's exactly the same thing for me. So it's the investment which then creates that, that really good business opportunity. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I'm almost missing my cues because I'm so engrossed in the conversation. <laughs> uh, That's a positive. Okay. It, it really is. It really is a positive. And I think we finish this episode with, I think, a call to other businesses uh, to understand that if you engage in this program, you have the opportunity to retain staff to have additional loyalty to your organization um, but not only that we are businesses are part of their communities there's no two ways around it and so as Sharon has said there's a moral argument to do good in your community and for any um, business owner or partner or shareholder it's an investment that I see that it's an investment that has massive opportunity to return so um, I encourage any business to get involved um, with the conversation, which leads me nicely on to just mention and summarise what we'll be talking about next time. So next time in our next episode, we will be talking to Zara Printer, who is the chair of the Care Leavers Covenant, and also Matthew Gordon, who's the CEO of Spectra Connect, uh, which is the delivery partner for the Care Leavers Covenant. Um, and they will be talking more about how businesses can get involved and how um, businesses can also obviously help um, engage care leavers in their business. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Sarah and Sharon, thank you so much for giving your time and sharing your personal stories. Um, I'm sure our listeners will have really gained a lot from the conversation thank you you have been listening to a podcast brought to you by trowers and hamlins find us at trowers.com and join in the conversation on twitter at trowers or find us on linkedin and instagram